Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Your, your kids were pretty nice to me. You know, you can learn a lot about parents from the way their ki- you know, the kids behave. They were actually pretty cool and pretty smart, too. Well done. You should feel proud about that. Yeah, nicely, nice, nice work. Well, my name is Darren. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And as we've already sort of talked about with the kids a minute ago, you know, it's, it's an interesting season for us because so much of Christmas kind of gets wrapped around the idea of gifts, right? The anticipation has a lot to do with the giving of gifts. Maybe you've picked out special things that you want to give to people you care about, or maybe you're anticipating the reception of gifts and you're excited about that. And I think sometimes there's a little bit of a dissonance in our heart because we feel like, well, is that just materialism? Is that just us being greedy? And certainly those things can creep in. But the reality is that the reason we exchange gifts at Christmas, whether you've done some of that already, whether you're doing it tomorrow, the reason we exchange gifts is because it is a picture of what is really at the core of the Christmas message. At the core of the Christmas message is the idea, as one young man said a few minutes ago, that Jesus was given to us. And it's a spectacular gift. You know, throughout our lives, there are these times where, um, you know, you, you receive gifts at birthdays and Christmas or whatever, but there's some kind of like, you know, there's kind of mind-blowing. Have you ever received like a mind-blowing gift? Like maybe something you weren't expecting or something you didn't see coming and you, you unwrap it and you just think like, I I don't even know what to say. I've had a couple of those in my life, but my favorite, my favorite sort of mind-blowing gift happened a few years ago. Um, I was celebrating Christmas in Phoenix uh, with my family, and I have a younger brother. He's five years younger than me. His name is Danny. And he, uh, at the end, we'd, we'd opened up all the presents, we'd sung some songs, we read the story out of Luke 2 like we did a minute ago, and then my brother goes, oh wait, I got one more gift. And he goes into the back room and he comes back with a bag uh, about this size and he gives it to me, which is a little weird because my brother and I, we don't always exchange gifts. Like we make sure our kids get gifts, but we don't necessarily always exchange. He goes, hey, I got this for you. And so I open up the, the, the bag, and to be honest with you, I was initially just kind of confused, right? So I, I open up my brother's gift and it's a... Uh, it's a baseball, which is it's cool. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who be really excited to get a baseball. But if you know anything about me, um, I don't have, like, a sporty bone in my body, right? Like, if I tried to throw this to the fourth row, it would, I would embarrass myself at Christmas. Nobody wants to see that. Uh, and so he goes, what do you think? And I was like, you got me a baseball. Like, you saved that for the finale? You know, like, this was the big finish. The, I said, thanks, Danny. That's cool. You got me a baseball. He goes, no, look closer at it. And, I, and so I, I look at it and I say, oh, I realized it was an autographed baseball, which, again, if you're a baseball fan, like, that might get you really excited because you don't know this might be a current, like, a superstar. It might be somebody that uh, was a baseball player in the past. This, it could be really valuable depending on who's autographed it. And so I said, oh, it's an autographed baseball. But the thing is, I don't know anything about baseball, so I don't know the names of any of the players. So I'm like, neat, that's so cool. Somebody signed it. Like, thank you, you know, and I'm still just trying to, like, figure it out. And he goes, no, look at who signed it. And so I looked at it and I said, I, I can't read it. I don't know. I mean, I honestly, it, honestly, to me, it looks like it says Mr. T. And he goes, that's right. And I was like, what? And all of a sudden, this like plain old baseball, it was like I could hear choirs of angels. Oh, the holy grail of Christmas presents. Uh, why was Mr. T even signing baseballs? I don't know. Like in what circumstance was he like, oh, I'm doing autographs. I'm going to sign some baseballs. He doesn't play baseball. But my brother found this at like a, at a collector's place and he knows me well enough. Now that's the thing about it. By the way, this isn't the, uh, this isn't my Mr. T baseball. This is a replica. The real one is at home in a vault, right? <laughs> I'm not bringing the, the real one here with you hooligans. I don't want to lose it. So this is just, I made this one tonight so that uh, in case one of you stole it, which I expect you will. Uh, 
I'll still have my valuable item. But the, the thing about a mind-blowing gift, right, the thing about a mind-blowing gift is that it's so personal, right? Because here's the thing. If, if you got a Mr. T autographed baseball, you might not care. But, but what I realized in that moment is my brother knew me so well, right? He knew me well enough to know that, like, of all the things he could get me, like, that would blow my mind. I love Mr. T. I love the A-Team. I'm really into the Rocky movies. Like, it just was the perfect gift, right? And even the weirdness of it, like, the fact that, that Mr. T signed a baseball and that that, so I don't know how much he paid for it. I'm guessing like $4. Uh, the fact that it went on sale, it was just like the whole, it was a perfect gift for me. The best gifts, the mind-blowing gifts, they're, they're personal, aren't they? There's something personal about receiving something from someone that loves you. The other thing about mind-blowing gifts is that they tend to be something that you really need, you know? And, and in some cases, maybe you didn't even know you needed it. Like, you guys, I didn't know I needed an autographed Mr. T baseball, but the moment I got one, I thought, how have I lived so long up to this point without the baseball, right? It filled this, this baseball-shaped hole in my heart that I didn't even know I had, right? Beautiful, mind-blowing gifts are personal. They meet a need right? Really beautiful gifts come with no strings attached. Have you ever felt that? Somebody gives you a gift and you all of a sudden feel this obligation, like you got to one-up it or you got to do something better or they're, they're sort of waiting for the, re, uh, the, the response. But really mind-blowing gifts, they come, they come freely. They come with no strings attached. They're personal. They meet a need. They come with no strings attached. And the best gifts, right? The very best gifts, they declare something to you. They reveal something to you about the giver, I would say the best thing about receiving the Mr. T baseball from my brother is that when I got it, it said something to me about him. I learned something about him and the way he perceives me, the way he loves me, the way he cares. Like that took intentionality and it took purpose. And so when you get a really beautiful gift, a mind-blowing gift, it doesn't just stir your heart, but it also kind of turns on the light bulb about the person who gave it to you. When we think about the gift of the Lord Jesus, and we read the text a second ago in Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9 is essentially a birth announcement about the coming Messiah. It's what we call a messianic prophecy. Isaiah wrote this 700 years before Jesus was born, right? Sometimes you'll see people on Instagram that'll go, hey, we're going to have a baby, right, in seven months or eight months. Like, this isn't seven months in advance. This is a birth announcement that came 700 years before the baby was born, right? We're expecting Isaiah chapter 9, the, the prophet Isaiah says, unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given, right? And it's a very personal thing, you can almost skip over it, and you get to the places where it's describing what God is like, but I want us to stop and think for a second about what a mind-blowing gift the Lord Jesus is this Christmas season. The fact that Jesus didn't just come as a visitor, he didn't just come as an observer, he didn't just come as an emissary or a messenger, Jesus didn't just come to the earth to kind of take a look and walk around for a little while and see what it was like. He came as a gift to us. And as mind-blowing as sort of the, the terrestrial or temporal gifts that we get can be, there is nothing more personal than the gift of God incarnate, right? It says when the angel declares the truth about who Jesus is, he, he calls him one, a, a name, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. You want to talk about a personal gift, God coming to earth, taking on flesh, not considering equality with God something to be grasped, but making himself nothing for us. 
Mind-blowing gifts are personal, and there is nothing more personal than our creator entering into his own creation to know us and to be known by us. Not only that, it's a personal gift, the gift of the Lord Jesus, because it says in John 3.16 that God loved the world so much he gave the only son he had. You want to talk about scarcity. You want to talk about uniqueness. You want to talk about value. The Lord Jesus is the only begotten son of the Father. Mind-blowing gifts are personal. God with us. Not only that, mind-blowing gifts, right? The kind of gifts that just make your head explode. They're gifts that meet a need. Sometimes even a need you don't know you have. And Isaiah makes it clear, even in the verses prior to this, that you and I have a need. In fact, in Isaiah 9, 6, where it says, for unto us a child is born, that's, that's a resolution to a problem he's already declared. It says in Isaiah 9, 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You've multiplied the nation, you've increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. This gift of a son, this gift of a child is in response to a desperate need. Isaiah says the people in darkness have seen a great light. The people in sorrow have found their joy. The people who are hungry have had a great harvest. Those who were oppressed have been set free, right? And that oppression and that darkness and that sorrow are a result of man's separation from God. You see, the Bible also says that you and I have a desperate need as well. That you and I are separated from God. We were created to know him. We were created to have a relationship with him. He loves us and he created us to be with him. And yet our sin has separated us from him. The Bible says we were created to worship, to glorify him. And yet you and I have failed to glorify him in our thoughts, in our words, in our attitudes, in our actions. And that failure, which the Bible calls sin, it actually cuts us off from God. It puts us in spiritual darkness. It renders us spiritually dead, slaves to sin, full of sorrow and brokenness. And it's into that darkness that this light shines. It's into that slavery that freedom is declared. It's into that brokenness that healing comes. Nobody has a greater need than we do. The gift of the Lord Jesus comes to us at our greatest need. Jesus comes to the earth. He takes our sin upon himself. He dies on the cross not because he deserves to, but because we deserve to. He died on the cross to glorify his Father by rescuing us from darkness and death and sorrow and injustice and oppression to restore the relationship that we were built for. It's a personal gift. It's a gift that is greatly and desperately needed by mankind. But the other thing about mind-blowing gifts is that they come with no strings attached, right? That's the great thing about the gift of Jesus as well. Listen, this gift of life and light and freedom and joy that Jesus brings, this gift isn't something you can buy. It's not for sale. It's not something you have to trade for. There's no place in the Bible where God says, hey, you can be made right in your relationship with God if you will go to church enough or if you'll memorize some Bible verses or give money or whatever. No, no, no. It's not something you can obtain by your own, by your own efforts. It says in Ephesians chapter two that it's by grace we're saved, that our salvation, our rescue is the gift of God, not of the things we do, in fact. Titus 3 says, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saves us. 
Mind-blowing gifts, right, are personal, God with us. Mind-blowing gifts meet a desperate need. We are separated from God. Mind-blowing gifts come with no strings attached, and the gift of Christ comes as a gift of grace. Mind-blowing gifts tell you something about the giver. They tell you something. They reveal something about the giver, and what is revealed in the gift of Jesus is God's great love for his people, even in their brokenness. It says in John 3.16, again, God loved the world so much that he gave the only son he had. He loved us. When we look at Jesus, right, when we think about the fact that he came to us, what is revealed is that God isn't waiting to judge us. He's not waiting for an opportunity to smite us. He's not waiting for an opportunity to push us away, but that God sent his son as a gift to us to draw us near, to make us his sons and daughters, to fix what we couldn't fix ourselves. It declares something about his love. It declares something about his power. I love, in fact, in Isaiah 9, 6, where it gives us these names of what the Messiah will be like. Isaiah 9, 6 says, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let me tell you, those aren't just things you need once. Those weren't just things, those titles are not just things we needed 2,000 years ago. I need the counsel of Christ in my life today. I need a mighty God who's got more power than I do to help me face the circumstances around me. You want to talk about a prince of peace? We've, we live in a time where there's constant you know, frustration and fighting and all kinds of division and dissension. That Jesus is a prince of peace is an incredible gift. That gift declares something to us about God. Mighty God, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, everlasting father. That's kind of an interesting title for a Jesus who's just been called a son, right? It says, unto you a son is given, and his name is everlasting father. Well, which is it, son or father? But what the writer is saying here, what Isaiah is declaring is that Jesus will manifest to us the reality of the fatherly character of God in ways that we wouldn't see otherwise. No, the Lord Jesus is a gift to you and me, just like he's a gift to all the kids. When we think about Christmas, we exchange gifts because Christmas is all about gifts. The gift of God come to us. A personal gift, a desperately needed gift, a, a, a gift that has no strings attached by grace, and a gift that reveals something to us about the Father that he loves us and will walk with us and knows us. As you're celebrating Christmas in your living rooms or in your family rooms or around your Christmas trees or whatever, as you open up those presents, remember, as mind-blowing as they might be, every gift you and I will receive this Christmas and every other gift pales in comparison to the gift of God among us. And if you've never put your faith in him, if you've never received that gift of resurrection life, the Bible says that all, is, all you have to do is trust in him, believe in him, and that light will shine in the darkness of your life. Those chains will be broken. That sorrow will turn to joy because of the gift of Jesus. I wanna invite the band to come back up and we're gonna continue our worship and our celebration of who Jesus is by responding through contemplating the truth of this light that shines in the darkness. As this next song plays, I wanna encourage you just to stop and think about whether or not you've truly wrapped your arms around the gift that is Jesus this Christmas. We'll sing this song and we invite you to respond uh, as we do.